You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Futinski. Welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. We are back. We didn't miss too much. We're back. And what a game. I'm your host, Jake Fertinsky, joined by my co-host right beside me, Kevin Fertinsky, repping Canada right now. I am in the U.S. I'm real close to where the Buffalo Bills could have been if they were the seventh seed I would have been going to the game because I'm in Miami, but doesn't matter. Thrilled that the Bills had home field advantage. They took care of business. It wasn't clean. It was quite typical of the Bills. You know, they're a 13 and a half point favorite. Things didn't necessarily go the way I think most of us expected them to go. Um, qu- quite a shocker, to be honest. There are some good things. There's some bad things and there's some really ugly things that happened in this game. Um, Kev, I'm going to let you break it down. Obviously, the Bills won the game. They win by just a field goal. They squeaked it out. As the title says, we, the Bills survived the Finns. The Bills move on to now the AFC Divisional Round. They'll be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a huge surprise there, although they also squeaked out a win against the Baltimore Ravens. So I think that we'll be talking a little bit about that because I think that there was a surprise there. I don't think a lot of people had the Ravens coming close, standing a chance against the Bengals, but they did. And the Bengals' offense did not look as good as they have. They look like they can be stopped. So that's obviously a positive. And of course, the Buffalo Bills are going to be at home against the Bengals. The Bills played about five minutes against the Cincinnati Bengals But it was in Cincinnati. Of course, before we even dive into anything, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about DeMar Hamlin. You know, I know we're a little late to the game. Obviously, this happened now a couple of weeks ago. But DeMar Hamlin, all of our prayers continue to go to him, his family, what he has done so far. His recovery has been truly, truly incredible. I think it's something that... Both the NFL and fans alike are going to learn from because this is something that uh, fortunately we have never had to watch. We have never had to witness on an NFL field. I hope we never have to witness anything like that ever again. It was very, very hard to watch. It was gut-wrenching. Me and Kevin weren't watching together, but we were both feeling the same emotions during that moment. I think a lot of us were kind of just silent. I think a lot of people didn't know how to react. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm so happy to be saying that he's alive and well right now. He's at home in Buffalo. He is cheering on the bills. I mean, shockingly enough, it sounds like he wants to play again. 
And if his health is good, I would love to have the guy be a Buffalo Bill once again. It's just one of those things that you hope to never see again. It's a freak accident. And um, we wish him well and nothing but the best over the offseason and hope to see him again. And if he's not in a Buffalo Bills jersey and he's just doing things for the community, I mean, his Choi drive has obviously gone bonkers since everything happened. It's, I believe, close to $9 million now raised. And I think prior it was about $2,500. So if that doesn't say how many good people there are in this world, I don't know what does. I think it's an amazing, it's a terrible thing that happened to him. But it's incredible that he's turning it into a positive thing and going to make a big difference in this world, a very positive difference in this world. Moving on. The Buffalo Bills beat the Dolphins. Kev, let's break down the game, and then we'll talk about the upcoming game. We're not necessarily going to do, you know, best players, worst players, stock up, stock down. This is going to be a different segment. This is going to be a different episode because this is playoffs, baby. Yeah, look, we knew going in, the only way we were going to lose that game is if we beat ourselves. And we really, really tried. I mean, three turnovers on offense. An electric punt return by Miami. They scored a lot of points off turnovers and off that special teams gaffe. So to me, and not to mention, we had a couple more fumbles that we were thankfully able to recover. So it was definitely a rocky performance from the Bills, which we've seen at times this season. We were... we almost led the league in turnovers this year. And unfortunately that cropped up again, where, you know, one interception was a miscommunication. Another interception was maybe not the best decision-making from Josh Allen, where Cole Beasley probably wasn't open. And then obviously the blown protection on the fumble recovered for a touchdown. So, we had just too many mistakes on offense. Um, you know, we're lucky to get out of that game with a win. Like Jake mentioned, um, the Baltimore-Cincy game was also close. A lot of these divisional matchups, a third matchup in the season, is really comes down to the end because these teams know each other well. Um, they know their tendencies. Unlike, unlike our divisional matchup, we're going to see a team in Cincinnati who we haven't seen in a long time. You know, we almost played them. Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin incident was very unfortunate. But essentially, we haven't played Cincinnati and Burrow ever. So it's going to be a whole different ball game next week. But getting back to the game, some of the positives I take out of the game, look, Josh Allen made some mistakes, but ultimately – he was able to lead us to victory in the important moments. He was able to run a, a, a crucial first down when we were when we got behind in the game. He was able to throw an incredible touchdown to Gabe Davis to extend the lead and really give our defense a chance to close it out. It wasn't the best performance, but we still put up 34 points on the board. I thought our defense looked okay. You know, a lot of the points were given up because of a long punt return. They obviously, they scored, I think it was 13 points off turnovers. 
one of them obviously being the fumble return for a touchdown. So, um, you know, I didn't think our defense had a terrible game. We didn't give up a lot of yards. We got a couple interceptions. I thought Kair Elam looked fantastic. The pass breakup to end the game was huge. His interception was terrific. So, you know, I know Dane Jackson went out with an injury, but honestly, to me, that makes our team better. I think the upside for Kair Elam is a lot higher than the upside for Dane Jackson. Yes, Kair Elam has had his issues, um, coverage issues. He's gotten turned around a bit. But against Cincinnati, we're going to need him. We need him. Hopefully he's okay. He did get a little banged up on that last play, but I think it was just the wind getting knocked out of him, hitting the ground. Hopefully that's the case because he's a big body corner and we're going to need him against T Higgins, especially because you figure Trey white, Trey white is going to be covering chase. So we're going to need a big game out of Kyrie Elam. You're going to need a big game out of Taron Johnson covering Boyd in the slot. You're going to need everyone. I thought Taron Johnson had a terrific game too. I thought he was covering really well in the game. He made a couple nice pass breakups. Tremaine Edmonds, I thought, had a good game. We didn't give up much on the run. To be honest, the 31 points, it didn't seem like our defense really gave up a lot of those points. A lot of it was due to offense and special teams, like I said. I have a lot of confidence going into next week. I still think we're the better team. Cincinnati is very banged up on their O-line. They lost their left tackle during the game. They already lost their right tackle for the season. They are ripe for the picking along the line. Our defensive line is going to have to have a massive game. Go 1-0 each week. Doesn't matter how you do it. We, whether we win by three points or 23 points, just win and move on. You're playing at home against Cincinnati. We've been terrific at home under Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. We're undefeated. I think I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. I'm nervous. A little bit of an unknown, really, because we haven't played Burrow and the Bengals. We were supposed to, but it just hasn't happened. So to me, we're, we're still riding hot. We've won eight games in a row. We're the team to beat. Let them come to Buffalo and try to beat us. I can keep talking all day about the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm actually really, really excited for this game. To me, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And in order for us to make the Super Bowl, we're going to have to beat Cincinnati, most likely Kansas City after that in a neutral site. So bring it on. You know, our D-line is going to have to come up huge in this game. To me, that's honestly the biggest key to this game is our D-line. Obviously, offensively, we have a great offense. Josh Allen just has to be a little bit smarter with the ball. Of course, the first interception, John Brown, little bit of a miscommunication there. Don't know how much of John Brown we're going to see next week. Hopefully, McKenzie will be back in the fold as another option at receiver. You know, we've got three running backs that can catch out of the backfield. I think we're going to need all of them next week. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And, you know, it would be really nice if we had Vaughn Miller 
of course, but we don't have Von Miller. Our D-line did look pretty good this past week. We had some positives come out of the D-line. Um, you know, we had Boogie Basham, I thought, had a really nice game. He was making plays. Didn't see much out of Greg Rousseau, which is a bit concerning. But we were able to completely stop the run. Miami basically couldn't run at all against us, which hopefully Cincinnati's O-line, you know, is struggling as they, you know, they've lost a couple key linemen. And hopefully this week, we're going to be able to completely stop the run, make them one-dimensional, and really get off to Burrow. I mean, when Burrow has been pressured, he takes sacks. He takes a lot of sacks. He got sacked quite a few times against Baltimore, was not able to do much offensively, only scored 17 points. If we hold the Bengals' offense to 17 points this week, there is no chance we don't win that game. We, our offense way better than Baltimore's offense. Yeah, look, I mean, let, let's even talk about Joe Burrow's decision-making. We, we talk about Josh Allen's decision-making issues. We talk about his interceptions. Let's not forget, Joe Burrow also had 12 interceptions this season. It's not like he was had a perfect season. It's not like he was good the entire season. The Cincinnati Bengals have been a bit of a roller coaster this year, and I think there's potential battle in the trenches in this game is, I think, going to decide the game. Josh Allen's going to have a, probably a good game. Joe Burrow's probably going to have a decent game at least. It's going to come down to can you force them to make some extra mistakes. Of course, Josh did have two interceptions and the fumble. But we know that some of that is the players around him. I mean, you already talked about John Brown's route running issue. You know, I think his fumble was more of a protection issue. You see two talented teams with two very talented wide receivers. But I see two teams that have quarterbacks that could make that one mistake that will cause them to lose the game. Although this shouldn't be, a, you know, a revenge type game because we haven't played Joe Burrow and the Bengals except for the five minutes that we played them this year. This is the revenge that we get for last season for not getting to play them. Because if we would have beat Kansas City, we would have played Cincinnati, we would have beat Cincinnati, and we would have gone on to the Super Bowl. Bills last season were the hottest team, no question about it. So I look at this game and I go, chance to get our revenge screwed. We could have beaten Cincinnati last year. We didn't get a chance. This year, we're going to make it happen. At home, we're taking on a team that is certainly beatable. And I think we have a better defense than them also. When Kair Elam is on the field. It's funny because you just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. How the Bills have been saving Kair Elam for the playoffs. Well, maybe this is his time. He looked really good, I thought. Big plays. An incredible interception. Game that we needed him to. He made those big plays when we needed him to. And that's a game changer. Should also mention the run game. I think Cincinnati is ripe for the picking in the run game. If you watch this, the game this yes, just yesterday, Baltimore was running all over them. Tyler Huntley was running all over them. J.K. Dobbins was running all over them. If they are not able to contain Josh Allen, like they were unable to contain Tyler Huntley. You better believe we're going to put up a lot of points in this game because 
Miami, I thought, did an amazing job limiting Josh Allen on the ground. Look, we scored 34 points. It wasn't so much an issue in terms of points, but you could argue that our offense also handed Miami at least two touchdowns. So to me, it wasn't really our offense sputtering as much as just making mistakes. It is crucial to not turn the ball over. And to me, when Allen is able to run the ball, it gives our offense such an added dimension that it prevents turnovers, in my opinion, as long as Allen doesn't have some stupid fumble. But running against Cincinnati seems very plausible. And if we can be a multi-dimensional team on Sunday, I don't think we're going to have any issues. I think we can put up close to 40 points, you know, on it. I know the Bengals are a good defense. However, watching them against Baltimore showed that they're not that great against the run. And we know what kind of offense we have passing the ball. But when we're able to run the ball, that's when we can really steamroll teams. So to me, the key, such a key to the game is protecting the ball. And part of that is being able to run the ball effectively. I did love us heaving the ball downfield on almost every play. I know Miami kind of dares you to do that with their nonstop blitzing and cover zero packages. The Cincinnati Bengals aren't the same defense as Miami. They ain't going to be blitzing on every play. Miami did a good job blitzing. I'll give them some credit. Obviously, the turnovers they were able to force. But that was essentially their only chance to win that game, is if they forced us to have turnovers. That's not the Bengals. The Bengals have many ways they can beat you. Offensively, they can beat you defensively. They can, they can beat you in every facet. They're like the Bills. They have a top 10 offense. They have a top 10 defense. They've got good pass rushers. They've got good corners. They've got great receivers. There may be their one weakness, especially now with the injuries, is the O-line. So they want to get the ball out quickly. However, if we can make them one-dimensional and jump some of those routes, put pressure on Burrow, we can win this game and we can win big. And I think the Bills need to look at what they did against the Dolphins and replicate some of that with regards to the way they covered Jalen Waddle, the way they covered Tyreek Hill, and compare that to the way they need to cover Jamar Chase. Because to me, there's some strong similarities there. And for the first time since I can remember, the Buffalo Bills contained Tyreek Hill. Now, some of that falls on the fact that they had a third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson, although he actually looked pretty good for a third stringer. I thought he had an okay game. I thought he looked solid. He moved the ball when he needed to. You know, he definitely has some times where he hesitates a little too much and doesn't throw it when a guy's nest, when a guy's open or he doesn't have great anticipation. But having said that, the Bills contained Tyreek Hill quite well because every time Tyreek Hill caught it, there was at least two Bills players there to take him down. And that's something the Bills have never done with Tyreek Hill. I remember during the game they were showing his stats and I think 
the two games he played us in the playoffs, he put up, it was 150 yards one game, 111 the other game, and he had 9 and 10 receptions. So if we can do that to Tyreek Hill, I think we should be doing something very similar to Jamar Chase. And let's not forget, I don't think T. Higgins is Jalen Waddle. It's not to say you can forget about him, but I don't think you need to cover him or give him the same respect that you would need to give Waddle, which means you can spend more time ensuring that you're locking down on Jamar Chase and not allowing him to get open on deep routes. He's going to get the ball. He's going to feed. Okay, if you think we're going to go in this game and Jamar Chase isn't going to get a lot of catches, he's not going to get some yards, he's going to. But if you can keep him under that 100-yard mark and most importantly, keep him from long plays, nothing, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards plus, I think you have a very great chance in this game. And I think Cincinnati's going to be looking to do the same thing to Stephon Diggs. The difference is we have another guy who seems to be the magic sauce in the playoffs, and that is Gabe Davis. We got to talk Gabe Davis because we've been shitting on the guy the whole season. Statistically, he did not have a bad season, but if you use your eyes and you watch every game, you know what me and Kevin saw. You know that we saw a guy who just wasn't the same guy as last season. He wasn't coming out of his routes well. He was having a lot of poorly dropped catches, poor footwork along the sidelines. It was none of that in this past game against the Dolphins. To me, he looked lights out. He looked as good as ever. He had some great catches. He had some really big plays. He had the great touchdown play. To me, Gabe Davis had a hell of a game, and he is a guy that could be sneakily our leading receiver. I want to do some bold stuff here, Cap. Some bold predictions, okay? My first bold prediction, Gabe Davis is going to lead the Bills in receiving yards against the Bengals, okay? And not because everyone's going to be crap and everyone's going to have 20 yards. I'm telling you, Gabe Davis is putting up over 115 yards. And Stephon Diggs is still going to have a big game. He might still have 100-plus yards. But Davis will have the most receiving yards on the Bills. Josh Allen going over 95 yards as well. I like him running all over the place because I think the Bengals are going to be so concerned about the pass game because of what we just did to the Dolphins that they're going to completely forget about the fact that as soon as those linebackers turn, you better believe Josh in a playoff game is not going to hesitate to run. I like your predictions. I, I was going to mention Gabe Davis as well because he had a big game. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown catch was terrific. It was vintage Gabe Davis, toe-tapping. He struggled with that in the season. As you said, many times we saw way too many drop passes. And it really, to me, it was a lack of focus. Maybe they were playing him a bit too much. Because throughout the season, he was playing close to in the entire game, every game. 90 plus percent of the snaps. And this past game, it ticked down a bit. He only played, I think, about 75% of the snaps. Maybe that's a bit a better sweet spot for him. Helps him refocus. He's not as tired running his routes. Maybe that's a key. You know, maybe, maybe that's a key. Giving him a little bit more rest during the game 
like he was being spelled more by John Brown. John Brown played some snaps. Khalil Shakir was noticeable in the game, played a few more snaps. He did have a drop that was really a killer drop in the game. This was so close, you know. It looked like a catch at first, but obviously it was overturned. Um, but, yeah, like playing uh, playing those supporting receivers a little bit more, giving Gabe Davis a break because they've done it with Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs usually plays only between 70 and 80% of the snaps, which helps him have that burst. And I'm not sure why they weren't doing the same with Gabe Davis. But we need playoff. We, we need – we, we need playoff Gabe. We need him because he is such an X factor for us. When we have that two-headed monster, look, last week, both Diggs and Davis were both over 100 yards. That's huge. That wins you games. We are going to need a lot of points in this game. I think it's going to be another game where we're going to need over 30 points to win. Our defense is good, but there are some holes. And we're going to need to score a lot of points against a team like this to get through and slay our demons, as you said, with both Cincinnati and Kansas City. We want our chance to beat Kansas City. We've lost to them, you know, for a few years in a row. And I want the opportunity to beat them. I don't think their defense is very good. I think they're a lot worse than they were. I know their record is really good. But they had a soft schedule. They lost to both us and Cincinnati. I think they're ripe for the picking. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is a stud. But I want to beat the studs. I want to beat Burrow. I want to beat Mahomes. And I want a shot at the Super Bowl. And I want Josh to get his licks. I, I, he deserves it. You know, we've talked about this. The start of the season, we talked a lot about the Bills struggling in close games. And it's funny, because as the season has moved on, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have proven time and time again that they can win close games. We were so concerned about it at the beginning of the year. How are the Bills going to overcome adversity? How are they going to deal with these close games where maybe their defense doesn't perform as well or doesn't get as many takeaways or our offense has a, has a couple bad turnovers and, and leaves our defense in and out a little bit. And we haven't seen that. What we've seen is mistakes, but we've seen the Bills fight and claw and do everything they can to win these close games. We just saw it this week. A game against the Miami Dolphins that we were supposed to win by two, three touchdowns. Which we looked like we were going to win by two or three touchdowns to start the game. But we let them back in it. To me, the most important thing from that is how did we respond? You want to know how we responded? Josh Allen went down the field and hit Gabe Davis. That's how we responded. That's what I want to see. Look, would it be amazing to have clean games where the Bills win easily? Sure. But it's not going to happen in the playoffs. It's just not. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter what you think is happening. Every game is going to be close. I don't care if a team was good in the season or not. They made the playoffs. Every team here has made the playoffs. Every team has deserved 
and earned an opportunity to play here and play the Bills. So let's not forget about that. The Bengals are a good team. They have Joe Burrow, but the Bills have Josh Allen. The Bills will not turn the ball over on Sunday. It has not happened many times this season and definitely hasn't happened recently. But the Bills will have no turnovers. And as a bonus, let's do our score picks for the game. My prediction, 38 to 30 Bills. 38 to 30. I got the Bills 40 to 37. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a nail biter. I'm actually, I, I think it should be noted the timing of this game because I think that's a big factor. I like that it's an afternoon game. It's not too late, it's not too early. At three o'clock, it's a good time. Guys can still have a normal routine. It's on a Sunday. The Bills like to play on Sundays. Josh Allen likes to play on Sundays. This is a good time for the Buffalo Bills. I'm glad that they chose Sunday. Not to mention my wife's birthday is on Saturday, so thank God it's on Sunday. But I'm happy that it's a Sunday. It's a normal afternoon game. And that, to me, is, is I think, beneficial to us as well. I want to just talk about, I, I have to mention this right before we go. The Buffalo Fanatics posted this. Uh, I think this was at the end of the season. Can you guess who was the highest graded quarterback by Pro Football Focus? No, it's not Jalen Hurts. No, it's not Joe Burrow. No, it's not Magic Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh frickin' Alien Allen. Okay, 91.7, highest graded quarterback in the NFL. Okay, so say what we want. You know, we have our issues. Josh has had his ups and downs. But over the course of the season, he was the highest rated quarterback. Who else do you want on your team when it comes down to it in the AFC divisional game? No one but Josh Alien Allen. Let's go, baby. And we are going to end this by saying, as we always do, go Bills. Let's go. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.